0: If you are familiar uh, with the movie Hacksaw Ridge that I think I've played a clip before, here Uh, Desmond Doss was an army medic that single-handedly retrieved 75 men. Desmond said 50, his fellow soldiers said 100, so in the Medal of Honor citation they (laughs) cut it in between and says 75, but single-handedly He moved 75 wounded men from the kill zone down a mountainside in Okinawa. This is April of 1945. Um, If you watch the movie, in fact, he was very leery to give up uh, some of his information because he didn't know if they'd do it accurately. But if you see that movie, over and over you hear the actor playing uh, Desmond uh, Doss saying, Lord, please help me get just one more. And that is so true, as he said. That was his prayer the entire time. Lord, help me just get one more. Well, we pick up on uh, John 13, the end of this, uh, well, nearly the end of this section we'll cover. I'm just going to give a couple of verses today. But we pick up that Judas has just left. He's gone off into the dark. He's gone off into his own kill zone, if you will. And now Jesus, taking that dark moment, tells his disciples that now is the moment that he is glorified. In fact, he brings glorification to God through the cross. He says he was glorified, God is glorified. In fact, when we get ready to read that in a second, that word is used five times in one verse. It almost gets you tongue-tied saying it over and over. And he issues a new command that we should love one another. And we find ourselves with that simple command to love one another, something that a preschooler could understand. You could tell a preschooler that you are to love one another. But at the same time, whether you're young in the faith or old in the faith, that is such a humbling command to love one another because seldom do we love as Jesus has loved us. And that's the rest of that verse. He says, do it as I have loved you. So, help us today, Lord, to love one more as we love one another. If you have your Bibles with you, I forgot my glasses, so we'll just see how bad the old eyes are. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself... And will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give to you love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another can we pray together Father I'm ashamed of how many times I have not loved as you loved me whether it's my selfishness pride arrogance apathy and Father I I say this because I think most of us can agree that we don't love like we have been loved by you. So that is the challenge today, to love one another, to love just one more, to continue to do what we were called to do and commanded by your Son. Speak to us through these words, for we pray it in Jesus' name amen look with me please again at verse 31 when he was gone Jesus said now is the Son of Man glorified and God is glorified with him Jesus calls himself the Son of Man for the last time here in the Gospel of John he's called himself the Son of Man 12 times up to this point he draws on that statement that's an old I'm trying to think of it in a modern way it depends on how old you are if i called you if i said he's a brill cream man some of you would know what i'm talking about some of you would go what the son of man is an old testament statement and i think i have in there is it's going to be take up two slides guys is that the next one from daniel 7 in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds. Can you, can you see all the, the imagery of Christ coming again in the clouds? He, was a, he approached the Ancient of Days. That would be another reference to God, the Father, the, the, the one sitting on the throne, and was led into his presence. Next slide. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. The Son of Man, authority, power, glory. All nations and all peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So you can understand a little bit if you know the context that the word Son of Man, or that phrase comes as Jesus calls himself the Son of Man. And now in verse 31, he says that the glory or glorified five times. I said it's almost tongue-tying. And I broke it down this way in my notes because it, he he says, I am glorified and God is glorified in me and because God is glorified in me, as I'm, if I'm speaking for Jesus, God will glorify me in him and he will do it now. What does that mean? I mean, Back up a little bit. He's been talking about this. Look at uh, John 12, verse, I think it's verse 23 and verse, just about a month ago, I preached on this. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And then in verse 28, I think, is when he says it again. Uh, maybe it's, yeah, 28, isn't it? Uh, if I could just see with my gla- without my glasses. Father, glorify your name. So, we talked about that a month ago. This word in Greek, doxa, means glory, means splendor. In Hebrew, it means carrying a weight. It's like weightiness. You know, It's like you walk around. If you've, got, you've done something wonderful, there's respect, there's splendor, there's glory in that. And I said, and I'm quoting back from a sermon I gave you a month ago, that a modern definition of glory is praise, weight, significance for what you have done. And Jesus is saying, glorify me now. I am being glorified now. I'm headed to the cross. And he sees in the cross glory. God's power and his love will be revealed in that cross. Jesus is headed to the grave at this point. And in the tomb, there will be glory. Because God will have power over death and bring his son back to life and his power will. Will be revealed. Do you guys? I know I'm most always dangerous. I use these. In fact, he, he wore stuff like this. Evil Knievel. Any of the you young guys ever heard of evil can evil? Never? A little bit? Motorcycle guy. Those of you who know anything about motorcycles, he jumped Harleys. You've got a Harley. That's not a light bike. It's not like jumping a Yamaha you know, two-cylinder. He jumped Harleys. He was a man's man for being a stuntman. But if you ever saw any of his, and I can remember watching them on TV on the ABC World of Sports when there were only three channels, you know, back in the dark ages. What did he do before he jumped a bunch of cars or a bunch of buses? Back and forth, back and forth in front of them back and forth. You knew he was going to do it, but he's like he's warming up the crowd, and which of course he was. He was a great, great showman. And then he would go, after he's done that, he would go at the start place and run all the way down to the edge of the ramp and stop. And then he'd have to walk the big motorcycle down the ramp backwards. He might do that two or three times until you finally heard the power and the sound of that motorcycle, probably wide open, to get a 200-pound man and a probably, I don't know, a thousand pound or more motorcycle to fly across cars and buses and you knew he was coming. Jesus was at full throttle when he says this text today. And if you look at these chapters, the next four chapters, I'm talking about John 13 through John 17, these are referred to as the upper room discourse. Everything that he is sharing, these intimate Some say it's the glory of glory, the holy of holies of the book of John, chapters 13 through 17, because Jesus is with the eleven, Judas is left, he's with the eleven, and he's pouring out into them. He tells his disciples on this Thursday night, he will be leaving them, and they cannot go. He promises them the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is actually Pentecost Sunday, and most Baptists don't even know that, but you know this is the Sunday that the church recognizes 40 days after Easter that the Holy Spirit came and filled those who were in you know, this meeting in Acts. You'll read about that if you want to look at that this afternoon. The Holy Spirit, this one that Jesus will pro- promise them in John 14, this paraclete, the one who will come alongside to help and encourage. And I cannot even talk about this passage without hearing my favorite preacher in my ear, Fred Craddock, with his whiny voice introducing this text. He said, it's like when parents get ready to go out for the night or go somewhere and the children say, where are you going? Can we come too? If not, who will stay with us? When will you come home? And I'm adding a fifth one today. What shall we do until you come back? Is that not What the disciples were doing. Where are you going? Can we come to? If not, who will stay with us? When will you come back? And finally, what should we do until you come back? Jesus says, here's what you do. I give you a new command to love one another. And that's our second point today. Love one another. Look at this. And if you want to, I keep looking like I have glasses up here. I don't. (laughs) Old people, they cannot remember. Usually it's on my head. Uh, if you look at this, I skipped through. Thank you, dude. Oh, these are the sewing glasses. These are blue. Are these like 1.75s, or are these like. You won't say, will you? Oh, wow. The Word of God comes alive. Uh, I didn't really break down verse 33, and there's a lot of discussion about this. It it goes back to that Craddock thing, my children. He's telling the disciples, he's calling them like they don't know everything, which they don't. I will be with you only a little longer. In other words, I'm getting ready to leave. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews. Now, he's not comparing. Now, obviously, they're Jews that he's talking to, but he's talking about the Jews who would not accept him, you know, They couldn't come either. You can't come now because what he's going to do, he hasn't done yet to have this opportunity for them to place their faith in him to be in heaven with him. So that's kind of the the transition statement he's making now. He said, where I am going, you cannot come. And then he says, verse 34, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Why is this new? Do I have two slides in there? Deuteronomy? Yep. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. I did a prayer one time for an enlisted guy, making chief. I knew he was Jewish. And he said, Chapman Perry, he said, will you pray at my uh, promotion ceremony? I said, absolutely. He said, it doesn't have to be a Jewish prayer, but it would help if it would. I read that. And he said, you don't have to say anything else for me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then he says in Leviticus, God's word says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So how is this new? I mean, they knew to love God. They knew to love their neighbors Jesus even says, when this young man, this remember this ruler comes, or you can even say, there's two, there's one in Mark, I think there's one in Luke. In the Mark section, it, it is a teacher, a scribe, a, a lawyer, if you will, of the law. And he asks him, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And, he, and Jesus says, and the second one is like that, love your neighbor as yourself. So, is this new? How can it be new? Well, I think the newness comes because... He says, love as I have loved you. That makes it so much different. You can tell me to do things, but then when you highlight and lift up a benchmark, love your neighbor, but love your neighbor like I have loved you. And I will tell you that the deeper my faith grows, the more I realize how much Jesus loves me the more I realize how he has forgiven me and how much he wants me to do for him. So in turn, as I love one another, I am challenged to love, to forgive, and to do for others. You know, if Christians don't do that, it's like this story I read, and it's a preacher story, so I'll just tell you, but... But the guy who's quoting it said it happened in Katy, Texas, and that's probably what got my attention because that's where Bucky's is, right? Isn't there a Bucky's on this side if you're going to Houston? Um, this guy named Dan needed to have some poor planning. Dan sounds very much like Cliff, poor planning. But he's getting ready to go on a trip and needed to have his suit dry cleaned. And he knew that across town on the other side of town, probably closer to Houston than the west side of Katy, that there was a dry cleaning store, and it was advertised one-hour dry cleaning. And I know many of you are thinking, dry cleaning? Come on. We have a dry cleaner in in the congregation. Some of you uh, probably don't do dry cleaning as much. In the military, I did them all the time. Uh, But he he advertised, or this store advertised one-hour dry cleaning. So he took the time, went across town, and as he turns in his suit to the clerk, She's taking all the information and, you know, your phone number and your address and all that kind of stuff. He said, now, I I need this one in an hour. She said, well, I can't do that. It won't be ready till next Thursday. This is like Friday. He said, well, but you advertise one-hour dry cleaning. She said, "Oh, that's just a sign. (laughs) That's just our sign. And it's the same way for Christians. If we don't love one another as we've been commanded to do, it's just a sign. Christian just becomes a sign. It doesn't become, it doesn't confirm, it doesn't say what we actually are. We are to be loving one another. Those of us who carry that name, Christian, but fail to act, are those who create confusion and disillusionment For those who have yet to believe My wife shared with me a story That one of her I'm trying to keep this as generic as possible I don't know the person's name anyway Uh, One of her uh, clients I guess you say that The people that she sees with her job Was talking about church And she's just listening And she goes And Southern Baptists Are the worst I said to my wife, I said, Did you tell her you're Southern Baptist? Oh, no, I just listened. (laughs) That wasn't what she was there for, and I understand that. But we have, as Christians, and then as Southern Baptists, and I would even say as Baptists, this reputation that is in conflict with what a Christian is supposed to be love one another. So, how do we love one another? I have a slide. Just some ideas. Just some ideas. Please don't take these as gospel. If you love the person in the mirror, Jesus says love yourself, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love the person in the mirror, and then just start with loving the person in front of you or the person behind you or the person beside you. Just love one more. Love one more. I I heard one preacher preaching on this passage this week. He said, Jesus said this to 11, love one another, because if he said love the world, they never would have done it. Just love one more, the one in front of you, the one behind you, the one beside you. And then I would say, second, feed his sheep. Feed your neighbor sometime. You will make more inroads over some sort of meal that you prepared or purchased with your neighbor than probably mowing their grass. Share it with the elderly. And I am elderly. You could share one with me. Some of you, what does he mean, elderly? Somebody that doesn't have kids over their house anymore. Say, hey, come to my house. You want to see crazy and pandemonium? Come to my house when all the grandkids and all my kids are there. Share with a single parent. Somebody that has been doing it on their own all the time, every day. Hey, let me give you a break. Come over to my house. Have a meal with me. Let me take you out to eat. Where would you guys like to go? Share a meal with a homeless. Number three, give your time to others. Some of you I have seen so well in our congregation that give your time to this church and I know you give to others because that's the one thing we can't make any more of, right? And I've been on this trip lately because I watched a video clip, those at the Thursday Morning Coffee heard me talking about it. I think I talked about it then. I've told them all my kids about it. It's the end of the line from the newest version of True Grit, the movie, where the girl who had hired Rooster Cogburn, you know, the John Wayne's character and Jeff Bridges' character in the new movie, she said, time just got away. Use the time that God has given you to love others. Number four, listen more Talk less. Man, I could, that should be number one for me. Listen more. Talk less. Listen to that other person's story. Don't be so willing to trump their story with your story. Well, one of my kids just got hurt. Well, you know, five of mine have been sick. No, listen. Talk less. Number five, pray. Always pray. Pray without ceasing. But encourage, that is something that is a gift. One of our former chief of chaplains, and this chaplain that's out here are both golfers. I'm not a golfer. They take me along. You better have extra balls because I'm, I'm knocking them wherever. They usually go backwards. But both of those guys that I played with were such encouragers. I mean, I could have the worst swing in the world. Oh, good swing. Well, the ball didn't go anywhere. Well, oh, man, you had a good swing. Encourage people. Encourage them. Not to do bad, but to do good. Forgive. Forgive. And then number six, speak truth. Don't speak hate. Don't speak insults or share gossip. And I know that's what's fun. I know that's what starts fires. And and you can just drop a little bit of gossip and watch the conversations go. But that's not Jesus' way. That's not doing what he would do for us. Speak truth. You know, <clears throat> today is the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. I haven't checked the weather, but it almost always rains on this Sunday. Almost always. Uh, anybody ever watched that growing up? Man, when there were only three channels, ABC once again, and I knew each of those drivers, and this is probably, because when I start saying the years, it's probably grade school, but even through high school, um... Man, I I knew A.J. Floyd, you know, I didn't know him personally, but I mean, I followed him, you know, the Unser brothers, and then there was this guy named Mario Andretti. Yeah. I call my wife that when she drives, (laughs) because I love him so much, and her too. And I thought, you know, I bet during the running of the Indy today, I won't know a single person. So... Knowing I'm going to tell you this, and Brent and I started dating. and had to postpone our first date because I had tickets to the Indy 500 in May of 1981. So we had to move the next 81. No, you were three. I know. <laughs> uh, but I looked up the listing of all the people. In fact, okay, the rest of that story, chase that rabbit cliff. Mario won that year in 81. But they took it away from him because he passed somebody underneath the yellow flag, so they said, coming out of the pits. He only won one Indy 500 in 1969. He won the Daytona 500 in 67. He won the 12 Hours of Sebring, I think, in 70, something like that. And he was the Formula One champion in about 78, 79. And when I'm looking at this list, not thinking I would know anybody, In position number 24 is Marco Andretti, the son of Michael Andretti, who's closer to my age, the grandson of Mario Andretti. So it starts in about, well, now, so I need to go. But the name Andretti is synonymous with racing and speed, right? I mean, there's an Andretti driving place over there by the golf place, by the I-5, that whole you know, I-10-1604 cluster. Christian, the word Christian should be synonymous for love. Mario is quoted with this. If everything seems under control, you're just not going fast enough. I rewrite it this way. If everything seems under control, you're just not loving one another enough. There's always someone to love, always someone to forgive. And Jesus says, all men will know we are his disciples by our love. Is there enough evidence of your love that others will know you're his disciple. Stand with me, please, we pray. Our Father, as we come now to a time of invitation of this service, if there's someone who has never experienced that love that comes from knowing your son, that forgiveness, or perhaps they've been challenged to say, I haven't been loving like I have been loved by you, let me set that relationship right today. If that person is here, I would ask you, Lord, to let your spirit move in our midst, Let that person step forward and say, I want to start loving like I have been loved by Jesus. Maybe there's someone here who says, I just need to come to these steps and pray. I know there are church members here, part of our prayer team, that will join them in prayer and lift them up. Whatever decision, Lord, speak to us now, for I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.